The following podcast is brought to you by Pathways Church. For more information, visit www.pathwayschurch.us. Thanks for joining us for this message from our weekend service. Every week we're hearing stories about how God is moving in people's lives. So if you have a story to share, email us at info at pathwayschurch.us. We'd love to hear from you about how God is working in your life. So how's everybody doing this morning? Well, yeah, it's been a beautifully cool weekend. I've got a friend that's been in town for a couple of weeks. He gets to see all seasons for one month, so that's kind of neat. Um, we had summer still last week, and now we're getting fall, and next week it's going to snow, so I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? I know some people are upset that I even said that. They're like, hold on now. So... Uh, first of all, if you're in here in person, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. And do you guys mind taking a second to welcome the people that are watching online with us today and just saying hey to them? We have a ton of people that watch online every single week, and they're all over the country. They're not just uh, people that weren't able to be here today, but also we have some people that just aren't able to be here on the weekends that get to tune in whenever they're missing. So we appreciate you guys checking it out and sticking with us and being faithful to watch online. So we're in a series right now called Not a Fan. And uh, we're talking about moving from being a fan of Christ to becoming a follower of Christ and exactly what that means. So we're all fans of something, whether it's the Packers, the Bucks, or Tom Cruise, Taylor Swift. Uh, Taylor Swift put uh, uh, Travis Kelsey on the map this last couple of weeks. I know, and you guys were like, wait a second. But if you're a huge fan of Taylor Swift and not football, then now you're becoming a fan of something new. Maybe if not the other, it doesn't happen as much the other way around. Nobody's like, I've been a huge NFL fan for decades. Now I'm going to dive through all of Taylor Swift's catalog because she's dating a football player. That, it doesn't happen that way, but whatever. We're all fans of something. We go to games, we go to movies, we go to concerts. Uh, this week, I want to talk about what happens after the game. What happens after the music stops, the crowd clears, when things get quiet. Now, honestly, my life rarely gets quiet. Um, I wake up as late as I possibly can to be able to rush and get ready and get to work on time for my first meeting. And on the way to work, I immediately, as soon as I get in the car, I put on, if, first of all, if Jessica's getting ready and I'm getting ready at the same time, then Jessica's blasting music. Every, like the second Jessica walks in our house after work, music comes on. The second she wakes up in the morning, music comes on. Then I get in the car to drive to work, and I put on sports radio like as, as soon as I sit in my car. And then I rush to work into a meeting or to come into a building full of other people working and tons of projects. I don't even go across the street to Culver's without putting something on the radio. Like there is very little quiet in my life. I wake up and immediately start going. One night... and. It, I even, like, because of this, because there's so little quiet, I've cut out social media. Um, So, like, if you have sent me Facebook messages and stuff like that, and I don't see it for, like, six months at a time, that's just the norm now. But, um, like, I've cut out social media completely. I don't even have any social media apps on my phone now. I still have the accounts. I just don't have the apps. And because one night, there's just so much noise, I, I need to cut it out somewhere. One night, me and Jessica were, like, sitting on our couch. This is while we were still living in Florida a couple years ago. And we're hanging out together, watching TV or something. I don't remember exactly, but it's getting, it's getting late. It's like 11 o'clock, and Jessica's like, I'm going to bed. I was like, all right, I'm going to scroll TikTok for like 10 more minutes, and then I'll be right there. Yeah. So, like, finally I was like, oh, it's been longer than 10 minutes. Like, I know it has. Just, it's, 
I need to go to bed. I close the app. It's 2 a.m. It has been three hours. I, I deleted TikTok before I even got to my bed. I'm not kidding. I was like, that's it. And that's why we get rid of social media. Even when I'm supposed to be sleeping, I can't get away from the noise. So I deleted it all from my phone. But we do that. We fill our lives with all this noise. We turn on the TV. We check our phones. We check our work emails. We fill up our downtime even. So we're going to look at a story of somebody who had a hard time just accepting the quiet, getting away from the noise, calming down for just a second. So in Luke chapter 10, this is a really short story, starting at verse 38, it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. He says her name twice, yo. It's a big deal. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Really, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's a fundamental difference between Martha's and Mary's actions and attitude that night. Jesus shows up because she invited him over. Jesus shows up, and she's like, man... I didn't have the whole house ready yet, and it's got to be spotless. So when he comes in, I'm just going to like finish tidying up. And she's like, and we need dinner. So she starts making the dinner, and she's like, well, he needs somewhere good to sleep tonight. So she sets up the guest bedroom. She gets everything nice and cozy for him. And then she's like, well, we need something to do once it gets quiet. She gets the board games ready. She does all this preparation, and she never sat down with Jesus. She invited him all the way into her house and then never even talked to him. She's doing all this other stuff for Jesus, but she's forgotten to do anything with Jesus. Martha was acting like a fan, but Mary, Mary's acting like a follower. While Martha's trying to make sure that Jesus is comfortable and impressed, Mary's just sitting with him, talking to him. You see, Martha wanted to have a good night with Jesus. Mary wanted to have a good relationship with Jesus. Martha wanted to have this great night. Maybe her friends were going to come over. Maybe all of them were going to talk to Jesus and hang out. And she wanted to be a great host. She wanted to have this great night with Jesus. But Mary just wanted to have a good relationship with him. She's heard the stories. Mary's probably seen him in action, and Mary wants to sit down and hear what he has to say. She wants to talk to him herself. She wants to learn from him herself. And life demands us to give our attention to a thousand different things. Our clothes, our cars, our kids with their school and sports and play dates. The friends that you have to make so that your your kids can have friends. Man, talking to parents after after they've done play dates. The kids are like so excited. They hung out with their best friend for two hours. 
And then their parents are like, I am exhausted. I had to talk for, to Jim for an hour and a half while our kids played. I don't know if there's a gym in here or not. I'm really sorry. It wasn't youth, I don't think. So our work that never seems to stay at work, our Netflix shows that really need to be watched, the newest home decorating trend, the yard work, the to-do list that you never seem to get through at the house, it never stops. There's always something to do. There's a thousand responsibilities, and you have to juggle them all at the same time. You can't put them down for a second. And then we do the same thing for church. How much do we prepare just to be here? We pick out our Sunday clothes. We put on our Sunday faces. We show up early, right? This is the first service, man. You guys show up early, okay? We show up early. We look for the people that we want to talk to. We hope for our favorite songs. We wonder about the new, fun, creative thing that's going to happen this next week. We're always preparing for something. But while we're even here, do we take the opportunity to just sit, to forget about everything else, to forget about who's watching, to forget about what songs are being played, to forget about what this guy's talking about in the microphone? For just a second, do we come here just to hear from Jesus, just to sit quietly for a minute? When we walk in, are we looking for who we're going to sit with? We're waiting for the video to play. We're waiting for the music to start. But in the meantime, do we just sit and listen? Psalm 37, it tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Martha was so concerned with her duties that she wasn't taking time to delight it said, delight yourself in the Lord, not duty yourself in the Lord. Sorry, I giggled at that. <laughs> duty is a funny word, man. But it says, I'm such a child. It says, delight, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I want to say something that's not in my notes real quick because this is a really important thought about that passage. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's uh, Psalm 37, 4. And something really interesting about that is we look at that in this like kind of selfish way. If I do, if I delight myself in God, I spend more time with him, I pray to him, I tithe, I worship him, I read his word, all these things that like we consider delighting ourselves in the Lord. And we have a good attitude doing it, right? It's not delight if you hate it. So if we have a good attitude while we're doing it, if I delight myself in the Lord, he'll give me the stuff I want. That's not what it says. It doesn't completely not say that, right? He'll give you the desires of your heart. It says something a lot deeper than that, though. I think delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I want to challenge your thought on that. I think we should look at it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give your heart desires. He'll give your heart new desires. The closer we get to God, the more we share his heart, the more we want what he wants. I'll say it this way. We spend so much of our time designing our life to fulfill our desires. God wants to design our desires to fulfill our life. God wants to give us desires, but it takes 
delighting ourselves in God, not just the duty. And Martha was so concerned with her duties, she wasn't taking time to delight. In the delight is where God moves. In the delight is where Jesus speaks to us. In the delight is where we're sitting still quietly enough at the feet of Jesus that we can pay attention to the words that he has for us. God wants us to get away from the noise and the duties. He wants us to delight in him. We're taking a step. We're taking a step from, becoming a, or from being a fan and we're becoming followers. Where we put the distractions aside and we just sit at Jesus' feet. We're not just fans, we're followers. That means that we're a community that takes time to pray in the quiet. That means we take time to listen. Prayer isn't just a one-way conversation. I know it feels like that sometimes. It feels like it's our job to just sit here and talk to God, talk at God for, at length for minutes and minutes and minutes on end. But sometimes it's about listening because we're followers. Pathways Church is a church of followers, so we take time to listen. We set aside time to be in our Bible. We spend time with other believers sitting at Jesus' feet. We're invested, we're attentive, and we're intimate with Jesus. When I was a kid, me and my brothers used to play all over our neighborhood. It was a pretty good-sized neighborhood. On one side of our house was this big cornfield. This was in North Carolina where we grew up. This really small town, 6,000 people. I mean, it's a pretty small town. We live just outside of town. There's this big cornfield on one side of our house. This, the woods out back behind our house, this big neighborhood that kind of sprawls all around it. And we would be running around the neighborhood. We might be like lost in the cornfield. We might be playing, uh, doing something crazy in the woods, probably playing with other kids in the neighborhood. I might be crawling through the tunnels under the road, like in the ditches. I did all kinds of stupid stuff. And, and my anytime it was like, it's getting late, dinner's ready, uh, my dad didn't come looking for us. We might be a long ways away. Who knows what we're doing and who we're with at this point. My parents just didn't want us in the house. They're like, just leave the house, go away for a minute, and like cause your chaos out there. So that's what we did. And when it was time for dinner, it's getting late, my dad, he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't drive around the neighborhood looking for us. He just opens the back door and he yells, boys, that's all he would yell. That's it. It didn't matter how far away I was, who I was with, <clears throat> what we were doing, I always heard him. My friends wouldn't have even heard him yell. They were like, I, I'm like, hey, my dad just called me. And they're like, we don't have cell phones, okay? This is like 30 years ago. We don't have cell phones. I'm like, my dad just called me. And they're like, how did you hear? I'm like, I don't know. I just heard him. So then I'd like run home as quickly as possible to eat dinner, whatever we're going to do from there. But I always heard my dad even when my friends didn't hear him. And what's funny is he rarely yelled, and he was loud, but he rarely yelled when he was teaching us something. When he was teaching us something, he would talk gently. He would speak a little slower. Like I'd be holding the flashlight for him, and he'd say, don't shine the light in my eyes. Shine it where my eyes are looking. He probably wanted to yell it, but he didn't. When we were all the way across the neighborhood and it was time to come home, when he needed to get our attention, that's when he yelled. That's when he'd holler. And the only reason I could recognize him then, I, I'd heard my dad's voice a thousand times. I'd heard him millions of times inside myself. 
inside our house, talking softly, talking gently, talking in, intentionally to us. I knew his voice inside, so I recognized his voice outside. I was intimately familiar with his voice inside the home when he spoke gently and when he spoke quietly. And he was teaching me something serious or he was teaching me something funny. And then when he needed my attention, all he had to do was get loud. I knew his voice. I would always hear it. I would recognize him. Jessica recognizes me, just my presence, so much that in a room full of this many people, if she hears my keys on the side of my hip, she knows I'm close. Because she's heard it a million times, like my specific keys. Uh, we have a, a friend, Evan, that's staying with us right now and just for a couple weeks. And he, uh, he was off running an errand. I was inside the house. And I heard somebody's key go to the back door. And I was like, that's Jessica. That's not Evan. I just heard the key hit the back door handle. That's all I heard because I'm so familiar with her presence because I'm around her so much in the quiet that when, there's no, when it seems like nothing, that it's not even relevant to pick up on her sound, her voice, her presence. I just notice it because I'm so familiar with it. There's a story that Emily's been sharing with the worship team. It's kind of been like a theme for us lately, this really cute story. We've been talking about it a lot. And we're trying to give our worship team just opportunities, chances, time to just be quiet together where there's nothing happening. We just, and it, I'll tell you, it gets weird when you get 13 people in a room to just sit silently. You're like, thank you guys all for being here. We're going to play some music. But first, <laughs> right? But we're learning to be quiet together. There's a story that we've been telling them about this dad who really loves music. He loves the symphony. So his son is getting old enough that he can, he's starting to like music too. Maybe his son's eight, nine years old, and his kid's starting to like music. So he tells his son, like, we're going to go to the symphony together. Takes him to the symphony for the first time, and they're listening to the music together. The kid is absolutely enamored. He's just staring the whole time. His eyes are wide open, and he's loving it. And the dad leans down at one point, and he says, listen to the flutes on this next part. This is my favorite part of the whole night. Just listen to the flutes. And then the whole night is over with, and he asked the kid, like, how was it? How would you like the night? And he's like, Dad, it was amazing. And he said, so what would you think about that part with the flutes? And he was like, that part was so cool. But, Dad, what's a flute? <laughs> and he's like, he doesn't even know what to listen for because he's never heard it without all the other instruments. In the middle of a symphony, he's supposed to pick out one instrument when it's the first time he's ever heard it. There's a thousand other people on that stage. I'm supposed to pick out the one instrument. It's impossible. It's impossible to discern God's voice unless you've gotten familiar with his voice in the quiet. It's impossible to discern him in the noise unless you're familiar with him in the quiet. When's the last time? This is a, this is a challenging question. Some people might get a little anxiety just by being asked. When's the last time your phone was not in the same room as you. Just not even in the same room. When's the last time you sat on the couch with somebody, somebody else from your family and the TV wasn't on? When's the last time you got in the car to ride, drive somewhere with your wife or your family or with your husband 
and you didn't turn on the radio. You didn't take a phone call. You just sat together for a while. It's so rare. It's rare that we get quiet. But in the quiet is where we learn what God sounds like. When we intentionally have quiet time, where we read his word, where we pray, where we listen to some worship music, we do something to get quiet and alone and get everything else out, and we just let God's voice be the loudest one for a second. I think God speaks to us four ways. First of all, I'm not going to absolutely write in stone that these are the only four ways God can speak, okay? But I think generally these are going to be, most things are going to fall under this, okay? So first, God speaks to us through people. Someone shows up in your life and has this like really encouraging word at the exact time, says that exact thing that you really needed to hear. This happens to Jessica a lot, and it's infuriating because I'm like, nobody walks up to me and says, you're doing swell. Like just a stranger off the streets, like walks up and is like, God sees you. And Jessica will break down. She's like, I needed that so bad. And I'm like, nobody's done that to me lately. You know, she's got people at work that say stuff like that to her. Somebody that she works with some people that live in, in uh, Nevada and they'll, they'll say like encouraging things. She's like, this is the first time I've ever talked to this person. They have this amazing word to give me. And I'm like, that's awesome. But it's impossible to hear from God's people if you never spend time with God's people. So like, for instance, today, who in here is I'm going to actually ask for a show of hands. Who in here is in a small group? I know there's a lot of people in here that are in a small group. All right, so everybody else, I'm talking to you. Remember that. That's how you put some pressure on people. I'm just kidding. So we're doing this thing called Group Link. Group Link is an opportunity to get to know about some of the small groups that we have, and it's going on today. So you get to walk into a room with Miss Tammy. Miss Tammy will tell you all the small groups that there are and give you options for like what to join, if you want to start a small group of your own, whatever it is, so that you can get connected with people, not just on a Sunday morning. Seeing people when you walk in here is great, but we want to give you an option to, or an opportunity to actually live your life with some people so that people can speak into your life, so that we can have a community. Because fans, they follow the band. But followers, they're the ones that are interested in the community. They're the ones that want to, I don't just want to know Jesus. I want to know the people he's been around. I don't just want to hear from Jesus. I want to hear what he's done for other people that, that have seen him work. I don't just want to, you see what I'm saying? So we, we want to spend time with God's people because God's going to speak to us through people. So to get community, to get connection, to make sure the body of Christ is together. We have an opportunity for you guys to learn about the small groups. It's called Group Link. We're doing them after the service. So if you want to go back in, down this hallway uh, in room 206, we're actually having Group Link in there, and that's where you get to learn about all the small group information. You can join a small group. You can meet Miss Tammy. She said she's only expecting about 20 people, and I told her, you're going to be overwhelmed today. So you guys don't make me a liar. Make sure she's overwhelmed, all right? I'm just kidding. Don't freak her out, please. Like, we've got 100 people. What do we do? So the next way, that's the first. God speaks to us through people. The second way that I think God speaks to us is through opportunity. You're praying desperately for a new job, and then all of a sudden a new job opportunity shows up. You're praying desperately to be able to move closer to your family, and then all of a sudden that house in your parents' neighborhood opens up, or you're praying desperately. You see what I'm saying? God speaks to us through these opportunities. Now, we don't always like God speaking to us through opportunities because we're not the smartest, and we pray for things like patience, and then God's like, I'll give you an opportunity to be patient. You know, we pray for grace, and he's like, well, let me give you somebody who really needs some grace right now. 
And that, that's difficult, but that's another way God speaks to us, through opportunities. Another, the third way, God speaks to us through the Word, through His Word, the Bible. Now, it's hard to recognize His voice when you're not familiar with His Word. Did you guys hear that? If you haven't written that, I don't know if you're taking notes or not, but that's something worth writing down. It's really difficult. It's hard to recognize His voice when you're not familiar with His Word. So we, we try our best to help out. We give uh, Bible reading plans. It's a big push that we're doing right now because we, we think it's important to be more biblical, li- biblically literate, um, to be more consistent with our Bible reading, and to have community around it. So that's something that we do, and it's something important to do in your quiet time. The next thing is God speaks directly to us. So through his people, through opportunities, through his word, and directly. We're going to talk about the directly. Because if we want to have an intimate relationship with God, that means we should be hearing from God. That means we need to understand what it means to hear from God directly. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19, starting at verse 11, it says, The Lord said, this is the prophet Elijah. It says, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain. In the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. First of all, don't you wish that you had a warning? Like, yo, if you go to this place at this time, God's going to do something awesome. I think we do get those warnings. I think we just don't trust them sometimes. But it says, the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Other translations say a still, small voice. Not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire. A still, small voice. Now the shout might get your attention. The shout might be letting you know that it's time to come home. But the lesson comes after in the still, small voice, in the gentle whisper. How often do we make room for the gentle whisper. How often are we willing to wait for the still small voice? Or on the other hand, how often are we frustrated when God's voice isn't in the spectacle? The wind came and it tore everything down. The earthquake happening and it seems to be shaking everything around me. My foundation is crumbling. The fire came through and it's burned up everything and God wasn't in any of it. Where is he? And we turn away. We walk off because we're scared of what might come next. What comes after the fire? What comes after all the failure? What comes after all the uncertainty? What comes after all the fear? What comes after that? And we don't stick around long enough to hear the gentle whisper. We get scared and we run away. 
We leave the mountain. We give up on the process. We quit the job or we leave the relationship or we stop trying our best or we stop believing in people. We give in to the fear. Or on the other hand, when we come to church and we're in the energy, we experience the encouragement, we experience the love, we experience the support. The spectacle is everywhere while we're here. The wind is constantly blowing, the earth is constantly shaking, the fire is constantly burning because we're in a place that's designed to experience that. But we leave and we feel the same confusion and frustration we had before we even showed up. We're not waiting long enough to be in the quiet. And we never know how close we were to hearing that gentle whisper before we turned and walked away. We've already been through some fires together. We've already seen what happens when the wind blows through. But are we going to stay long enough to hear the gentle whisper that comes after? Sunday mornings are meant to get your attention. These, it's designed to be the shout in the neighborhood to let you know it's time to come home, to let you know dinner's ready. That's what Sunday mornings are meant for, okay? But the rest of the week, on Monday, not just in the stadium on Sunday, but God wants us at his feet paying attention to him daily from Sunday to Sunday. He wants our attention in the in-between so that he can teach us the lessons that he has for us so that he can speak gently to us and change our lives. Because Monday, he might want to tell you that I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Maybe Tuesday, he wants to remind you, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe on Wednesday, he wants to tell you that no discipline feels good in the moment. None of it feels good at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Maybe that's what he's trying to tell you when it's quiet. Maybe that's what his still, small voice is trying to say. The thing is that fans want to hear the shout. Followers listen for the whisper. Fans want to hear the shout. We want to hear the roar of the crowd. We want to see the spectacle. But followers listen for the whisper. Fans know what he does on the stage. Fans know what he does on the field. But followers know what he says in the living room. We listen for the whisper. We don't need to be fans of Sundays. We don't, we don't even need to be fans of Pathways Church. We don't need to be fans of Jesus. Jesus has called us to be so much more than that. He's called us to be followers, not just hearers of the word, but doers, not just part of the noise and the energy and the crowd, because it's not just about Sundays, but the in-between, the quiet, the stillness. What about Monday? When the crowd isn't so encouraging, the music isn't so uplifting, the message out there doesn't seem to be so helpful. What then? Being a fan just isn't enough. We need to be followers.